This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Guess what? It's another edition of the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Hero Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky-Florida game on Saturday, February the 12th, 4 o'clock start at Rupp. ESPN has the coverage, and we've got the guests to talk about it. Chris Harry, uh, who writes for the University of Florida Athletics website, gave us a scouting report on the Gators. And then I talked with my friend and colleague, Jerry Tipton, at the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com about the Wildcats. Uh, remember, you can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. We'll have plenty of coverage leading up to the game. And then during the game, check out my live updates on my sidelines blog. After the game, check out my three takeaways. During the game, you can follow myself. You can follow Jerry at Jerry Tipton on Twitter. Follow Mark Story, Mark C. Story. Follow Ben Roberts, Ben Roberts HL. We'll have plenty of coverage on Kentucky.com, so check that out. Like I said, it's a 4 o'clock start at Rupp. So without further ado, now that we've set it up, let's get to our guests. First, Chris Harry, who covers uh, Florida basketball for the University of Florida, and then Jerry Tipton, who covers UK basketball for Kentucky.com. Okay, I want to bring into the podcast my friend, our guest, Chris Harry, who writes for University of Florida Athletics, Kentucky and Florida on Saturday at Rupp Arena. First of all, how you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, John. I need to ask you guys, is the last road trip uh, the Gators went on, uh, it was a ice storm and a blizzard <laughs> in the Northwest. Uh, we got stuck in uh, Missouri uh, last week. It was one morning I went to walk to a Starbucks. It was it had a oh, feels like minus thirteen degrees. So what's the weather going to be like in Clemson? <laughs> it's yeah. supposed to be nice. It's uh, we had our yeah. ice storm last week, although okay. luckily it did it was not. The same turn. one. I, it must have been the same one I was in. Yeah, too. luckily it was not as bad as as they were predicting. It really it really wasn't bad at all. Uh, so no, it's supposed to be nice. It's uh, for for Lexington, of course. It's not it's okay. not uh, Florida. It's not Gainesville. It's not Florida. No. But uh, no. it's like it's it's supposed to be fifty seven tomorrow. I think it's supposed to be Beautiful. pretty close to that on Saturday. So okay, uh, they're talking about more bad weather, but not till the end of next week. So so you should. I'll be, be long. I'll, I'll be long gone by then, and the game will be long over. <laughs> That's right. So you should be good to go. So how about right. the how about the Gators, uh, Chris? I know I wa- actually watched last night when they beat uh, beat Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, bringing their record up. Uh, you know uh, what are they now? I had it here in they're front six, of me. They've already six, lost it. Six, that's okay. Sixteen and eight and five and five. They have won four in a row. They're they're the teams that they've beaten have not been uh, have been toward the bottom, with the exception of, of Mississippi State. Um, have been the bot or excuse me, that hadn't been Mississippi State wasn't during the four game winning streak. But oh, overall, they're 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 the season hasn't been great, John. There's like I said, 16 and 8. They're right now they're alone in fifth place. Um, that's pretty good considering they started the season 0 and 3 and they were down there with Georgia at the bottom of the standings. But um, their opening three games were against Alabama, Auburn, and LSU, which at the time were all in the top 15. Um, they kind of went sideways uh, with from the beginning on that on that front. Lost Colin Castleton, kind of, and yet played 
you know, won some games. Uh, they probably some people probably wouldn't have expected them to win without Colin Castleton. He's he returned to the lineup last week. They're on a little four game winning streak. Like I said, not against uh, any great teams, but um, right now they're a, they're a definitive uh, bubble team relative to their uh, NCAA tournament chances. Um, they're, they 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 have just one quadrant one victory this season. But I think they're looking at the next four games as all quadrant one victories, or excuse me, quadrant one victories, excuse me, all quadrant one opportunities uh, starting at Kentucky, then they're then uh, uh, at Texas A&M, then uh, home against Ar- Auburn and home against Arkansas. So the next four, uh, the, the, the next two weeks is going to be like a, 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 a paddle wheel of some very, very tough competition for this team right now. Let's back up a little bit. What what were the expectations for this team coming in to this year? Well, I mean, I, it's just you wonder what expectations. I mean, I know what the expectations are in Lexington, Kentucky, for Kentucky. So, <laughs> okay. um, expectations in Florida have just have just been out of whack so much because you know because of what Billy Donovan did. Right. Uh, I think as we get further away from Billy Donovan and his legacy here, it, it, it's. Clearly, this, he's one of the ten greatest coaches in college basketball history. I think I think we could probably all agree on that. Yeah. What he was a generational coach. What he did at Florida was uh, uh, just in a just in a remarkable achievement. Maybe the greatest achievement ever at this in this storied athletic program. You know, any sport I would think. Um, but I mean, but but Florida Florida is not a blue blood. Okay. Florida, he made he made Florida one of those uh, uh, momentary blue bloods or two decade worth of blue bloods when he was here. But uh, uh, going into the season, I mean, if you look at last year, Florida lost Trey Mann, who was a first round draft pick, their first NBA draft pick uh, since um, since 2013. Uh, Scotty Lewis went to the NBA. He's now in the G League. Uh, Colin Castleton decided to come back. They had four uh, guys transfer, including Noah Locke who went to Louisville, people up there know him, Omar Payne, who went to Illinois, and they brought in four transfers. And at the time last year, people were saying, well, look at this mass exodus of players, and they got to bring in these transfers. Well, what we found out is everybody does that, right. okay? And uh, I, I, Florida had four players transfer. I think Georgia and Texas A&E had nine. Right. So that's just in this league. So it, it, so Florida brings in uh, four transfers, two from high majors, Penn State, uh, Boston College, a couple guys, another uh, two guys from decent, uh, decent, very, very good. Uh, uh, I would say even low majors, uh, Kansas, Missouri, Kansas City, and uh, and Charleston Southern, but they were all they were all league players there, and yet you know stepping up into the SEC competition, a lot different. Plus, they didn't win there, so they had to learn how to win, and they're still in the process of learning how to win. And I think expectations really got out of whack with them when they opened the season six and zero. They had a huge win. You might remember buzzer beating win over Ohio State yes. in a uh, in a holiday tournament over Thanksgiving um, uh, down in Fort Myers. So they opened the season six and zero, and then got whacked upside the head. Uh, not not so much losing at Oklahoma in their first road game of the season, but a couple of days later when they lost to Texas Southern, which at the time was zero and seven, and then the roof kind of caved in on any any goodwill, feel good goodwill that. Uh, Mike White and the program had built up beating Florida State for the first time in in, in eight years uh, early on in the season, winning that tournament down in Fort Myers, starting undefeated, first six and zero start in a long time, um, kind of came crashing down. So they've been they've been fighting that. They've been fighting a little bit of uh, negativity down here, um, but they've managed, like I said, to scrap together a, 
Um, I say I call it a modest four-game winning streak because of the, it's it's come against. I'm um, looking at it here: Oklahoma State in the in the Big Twelve uh, uh, challenge, right. at Missouri, the Ole Miss overtime win. Uh, all those three games I just said, Florida had to come back in every one of them in the second half. Thirteen down at Oklahoma State, nine down at Missouri, nine down at home against Ole Miss. Natives were restless, but they came back and won those games. And then you said you watched the Georgia game. Florida's up, uh, right. yeah. Florida's up sixteen uh, in the first half. They're up, I think, fourteen with seven minutes to go, and all of a sudden it's a one possession game with two and a half minutes to go. But uh, Florida closes that one out. So uh, it's just it's been kind of a kind of a haywire kind of season. But they're 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 at sixteen and eight, and they got like I said, they got some opportunities in front of them. But they're very very difficult opportunities if they're going to be they're going to continue the run. Believe it or not, Florida is the only team in the SEC that's made the last four NCAA tournaments. Um, and so wow. they did, they, they are the only program in the Southeastern conference that has made the tournament every year since 2017. And, you know, they'd like to consider, uh, obviously they'd like to uh, keep that record going. Right. You mentioned earlier, Colin Castleton, I know he missed, I think six games with a shoulder injury. Like I said, <laughs> I was watching last night at one point, it looked like he had re-injured the shoulder. It seemed like the arena there, <laughs> the O-Dome it got did. pretty quiet it when did. he came out, when he uh, went out of the game, but then he did come back in. Uh, what is his situation right now? Well, it's just an aggravating kind of thing. It happened in a, in a practice where a guy came down in his arm and it's been, it's it's a there's a, a a tear or a stretch or some kind of thing in there that most likely will require uh, some kind of surgery at some time down the line once the season is over and he's a guy who who's going to get a chance to play professionally at some level I don't know if he'll be drafted uh, or what have you but I mean he's he's a he's a valuable big man and he has really worked on his game since transferring from Michigan he was a big surprise last year how good he he came right on campus and they saw how hard he worked. And he, he's been he's he's been a he's been a godsend for them in the post. I would say the best, obviously, pure post player they've had here since uh, Patrick Young, and and yeah. certainly more offensively skilled. Um, he, he's not a shoot. He's not going to take guys out, uh, take your man away from the basket or anything. But his footwork and his now his his discipline with his uh, you know inside with his head fakes and keeping his feet on defense and not going for shot fakes on that end. He's a, I, I would say he's the second best uh, low post player in 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 the conference right now. But again, any moment he could get that thing banged like he did, and you saw the look on his face. He oh, was yeah. grimacing pretty badly. And I'm sitting there. I sit right to the corner of the bench. I, I doesn't look like he's coming back in the game. But he took a little walk, went into the training room, came out, and he looked at the trainer. He goes, "I'm good, right?" He said, "Go." So went back in the game, and they probably don't win the game without him. Right. Yeah, yeah. Averaging fifteen point four points, eight point nine rebounds, leading score, leading rebounder. You said very leading block important. shots. Yeah, yeah. So I think second in the SEC in block shots. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who else on this Florida team is playing well right now that the Kentucky fans should look for? Well, uh, Tyree Appleby giveth and Tyree Appleby taketh away. <laughs> I mean, he—he's kind of—he's kind of kind of like he has been since he got here. Kind of like he. I don't. He was an awfully good player at Cleveland State, but they didn't win a lot of games at Cleveland State. He got here, and and I mean, he, it, it's it's weird because he he's capable of turning the ball over uh, just about <laughs> at any possession. He's also capable of hitting a three pointer just about on any possession. He had a couple bad giveaways last night when Georgia was uh, making their. They scored ten. Georgia scored ten points in a uh, in two and a half minutes when they were down by to to make that thing a game all of a sudden. 
But uh, like I said, he also hit that buzzer beater against Ohio State. He's been remarkable from the free throw line this season. Um, I, I want to say he's, he's 80, 86%, I think, but he's also, I want to say he's 93% over his last, I say, uh, something like uh, eight games or something like that. But um, he, when he, as, as, as uh, up and down as he can be, when he's not in the game, there's a definitive difference with how the Florida offense moves. They need him in the game. They need him making good decisions. Another player who is totally uh, reversed um, uh, the, the direction of a season. Myron Jones transferred from Penn State. He was a honorable mention all-league player there and a 38% career three-point shooter. But uh, going into the – I want to say going into February, he was at 21% this season. And yet he's hit 13 of his last 24 over the last three games. He had a 23 points uh, against Georgia. That was, that's his career high since he came to Florida. Hit seven threes. Um, he was 7-11 from out there. And I think a byproduct of, of, of the defense is being able to collapse on Castleton. So uh, he's he's been – if he can continue to shoot uh, that way, maybe not at 7-11 clip, but if he can make 40%, that really helps this Florida offense in terms of spacing and what have you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was imp- yeah. The last couple, I saw some of the Ole Miss game too. He look mm-hmm. uh, the last few games he's played. Looks like he's played a lot better. Uh, okay, so let's 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 talk about the, the keys for Saturday. Uh, if Florida can get that, which would be as you said, a huge win starting this four four game stretch. What, I would assume the matchup in the middle is going to be uh, be a lot of focus on that. What are what are the keys for Florida? Well, I mean, <laughs> I look at Kentucky's numbers. I mean, they're scoring on 81 points a game. They're only giving up 64. I mean, it, I, you know, transition defense, obviously, and, and you know, protecting the ball. You know, live ball turnovers have been have, have killed Florida in, 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 their, in their worst losses this year, and I imagine Kentucky is just thriving on those. Yeah. Um, what, what, they, have, what have they won? Have they won nine in a row, the Wildcats? Uh, is that what it is? No, they've only went five in a row because they lost five to Auburn row. on the twenty second. But they, that's right. Uh, that's, that's right. That's right. Uh, but that's they've right. won. Yeah, they're on it. Before that, they had won several games. They've won. Yeah, they, they've you know they're nine and two in the league. So they've won ten mm-hmm. of their last twelve because they beat Kansas in the SEC uh, challenge. So uh, mm-hmm. actually, ten of eleven because they lost their SEC opener to LSU. So yeah, that's right. That's right. So, but but it's it's like anything else. So the, the the like I said, defensive transit. You get you're, you're going to have to. You're gonna have to box that. You can't let Tashibwe have one of those, you know, 18 rebound games. And, he, and of course, he's averaging 15, so he's probably gonna have that. But against Castleton, you know, Castleton's gonna make him work. I'm not saying for one second that, that he can't have a huge game against Colin because, you know, Colin, this guy is a really, really good player. But at the same time, you know, you, you don't want, you know, him him killing you or or at least occupying so much space that. that they get a bunch of second chance opportunities, and and like anything else, um, and I, I write the story every year. You, you got you got to be poised when you play in Rupp Arena. Florida's won, I think, seven times there uh, in Lexington in in program history. Once last year, but I think we can agree that that wasn't a altogether rarity last season with the with the yeah. with the, with the season that Kentucky had. Right. But I mean, w- when we're talking about. Um, Flanders Fleming Jr., who's uh, we didn't I didn't mention him earlier. He's the kid from Charleston Southern. He was defensive player of the year in the in the in the Big South last year. Brandon McKissick was defensive player of the year in the Summit League last year at Missouri Kansas City. Those guys haven't been to Rupp Arena, so they 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 played over 100 games in their college career. 
this will be the first time that they deal with uh, that. They deal with the fans and they deal with what I always call rup runs because they're coming and it's how you handle them. And, and, you know, these, you know, how is Tyree Appleby going to handle, you know, those double teams that come at him when they, when, when they, when they chase him around and pressure him a little bit. So um, it's a monumental task. Uh, I, I watched Kentucky uh, the other night against South Carolina and how that game flips so quickly. Um, they're, they're a tremendous team. This, I, I, I mean, are they saying up there this could this could be their best team since 2015? Could be because yeah. it sure looks like it to me. Yeah. It sure looks like yeah. it to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the interesting thing about this team is, I mean, is it's an experienced Calipari team. Only right. the experience didn't come with Calipari because he's got the you know Oscar was at uh, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You got Kellen Grady mm-hmm. came from Davidson. Severe mm-hmm. Wheeler came from Georgia. But all those guys have played a lot of games. And then you brought back Keon Brooks. So all those and guys. And Mintz from Creighton, games. right? Mintz came from Creighton. And, right. right. Ed Mintz last yeah. year. So this is his second year in the system. But he played a lot at Creighton before he got here. The interesting thing yeah, to so, me too. So, about, so yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say. So you got the, the business model up there is changed along the lines of the college basketball business. Yeah. The one and done business model has given away even Calipari's taking taking transfers. So yeah. uh it's it's I mean that's Absolutely. that's just when you got seven hundred free agents in the in 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 the portal every year, you're 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 gonna want to dive into that. You want to dive into that pool every now and then. Yes. Right. The interesting thing to me about the matchup with Castleton and Shibway is Shibway has had a little trouble scoring against length. He's uh, in the mm-hmm. last, especially in the last few games. Uh, so, and and you mentioned about Castleton's shot blocking. Uh, that that'll definitely be an interesting. That'll definitely be an interesting matchup. Uh, well, Chris, tell tell remind the listeners how they can follow you on Twitter and how they can find uh, your coverage online leading up to and after the game. I'll be at FloridaGators.com. Uh, is our, is the website the University at uh, the University Athletic Association website? Um, you can find me on that on the basketball drop down there and on on on, on Twitter. It is at Gators Chris and uh, any kind of uh, uh, back and forth I can have with uh, respectful back and forth, of course, with Kentucky fans is more than welcome. I got enough disrespectful back and forth from Florida fans to handle it. I, I, the, 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 at least the Kentucky basketball fans are knowledgeable basketball fans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you said that. I didn't say that. I, no, there's no doubt I said it, and I'll own it. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> well, Chris, it should be a fun game on Saturday. I look forward to seeing you, and uh, thanks again for being on the podcast. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, I want to bring into the podcast my friend and colleague and UK basketball writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com, Jerry Tipton. How's it going, Jerry? Uh, doing well, John. Uh, Kentucky and Florida on Saturday. Kentucky coming off that 86 76 win at South Carolina on Tuesday night. Uh, broke a two game losing streak, I think, for down in Columbia. Cal Perry did not get thrown out this time at Columbia. Uh, over and overall, would you say it was a positive? I mean, South Carolina gave him a scare, started the second half there, time to score 43. But overall, would you say it was a positive uh, experience for Kentucky down in Columbia? 
Well, winning is always better than losing. So, yeah, put me down for a positive. And, you know, I thought it was kind of a gut check kind of thing. And uh, John Calipari, I think he said after the game or maybe on his radio show that uh, teams are going to try to push them around and be physical with them. And, uh, okay, they're getting practice at it. I thought South Carolina was was trying to do some of that. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a good thing. That's what Frank Martin's teams always try to do, right? Right. Well, they that's want to play their, physical, hard-nosed basketball. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's it's physical, hard-nosed basketball when your team is doing it. Right. But it's dirty, you know, dirty play. <laughs> you call the fouls when it's the other team. Well, this this seems to be a theme for Cal ever since at least since the Vanderbilt game. I would say where he thought Vanderbilt tried to rough him up. And he spent a good portion of his time, I've noticed, uh, talking to the refs during the game. Uh, do you think right. it's because because he thinks his team is not re- quite ready to match up to the other teams uh, physically, that they could be bullied? Do you think that's what it is? Well, I think it's my guess, and it is just a guess, is that uh, he's seeing, I mean, what are you going to do with Oscar? Right. You know, you're going to have to do that with more than one guy. And, uh, and, of course, Savir, to a degree, if you can stay in front of him. And uh, so, yeah, I just think it's kind of the like generic uh, coaching tactic. You see your guy being pushed around. And if it call, you know, they call fouls on that, uh, then so much the better for your team. Yeah. And if your team is doing it, then, you know, just play basketball. What's the big deal? Yeah. You mentioned Savir. He's kind of reverted back to where he's not making shots, but he is does have a lot of assists. He had 11 assists the other night. He's still turning it over, but he, his right. assist-to-turnover ratio is still pretty good. Do they need Severe to make shots at some point, or does do they have enough weapons that they it doesn't really matter? Well, I, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how things go, especially in the tournament, because I'm thinking about that Notre Dame game right. where they played off him so much. and. You could, you know, I think when the tournament time, teams do things that they might not do in the regular season because it's all on the line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see if teams do that. Yeah, he went, he went through a spell there where he was shooting pretty well right. by his standards. Now he's fallen off a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think he tries uh, – what's the word here? <laughs> he, he, you know, he just tries too hard to make it happen sometimes. Right. Forcing things. Is, yeah, forcing things leads to turnovers. But he still has a better than two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. So uh, tie ties is a little better. And they go about it differently, but both are effective. But what else is impressing you or what el- What other things – what other thoughts do you have about this team as they go into Florida? What are you looking for? Well, I think the big thing to me is that they uh, – uh, have so many weapons they have they have a they're they're deep in guys who can contribute Mm -hmm. and uh and so you know matt it keeps running through my mind that okay you take away oscar well then you have to you know concentrate on him around the basket that could free up space for for grady and uh and all of that and uh so yeah i just think they have a lot of answers uh for what other teams would try to do to them defensively. 
a guy who's playing, who's, you know, they've always been kind of looking for consistency from Keon Brooks, and he looks like he's finally starting to give him some consistency. He had that 27-point game at Kansas, but he scored in double figures each of the last five games. He had 15 points and nine rebounds the other night against South Carolina. Uh, what, what about his play? And especially we don't know what the situation is with Jacob Toppin, uh, turning his ankle or hurting his ankle or whatever at South Carolina, you know what you know what what his status is. What what about those two guys? Well, John Calipari said on his radio show last night there that the top and uh, sprained an ankle. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll see how you know how long that takes it uh, uh, for him to come back and be himself. Brooks to me is is uh, just more confident. He's kind of going about things in a more assured manner. And, uh, of course, results help that along. And, uh, yeah, he's playing very well. I believe he's their second leading rebounder now. And John Calipari, make, you know, he keeps saying that in the, to the media that he wants Keon. He sees rebounding as a key area for, for Keon. And he seems to be responding to that. Yeah, speaking of rebounding, they were, I mean, they were out-rebounding everybody. I think Notre Dame out-rebounded them, but that was few and far between. But they've been out-rebounded the last, uh, what, three games in a row or two out of the last three, but yet they keep winning. Uh, is that going to catch up to them, and what do, what do you think is going on there? Well, my guess would be is it's an emphasis for the opponents. Yeah. That they're really, you know, they're not just playing basketball when it comes to rebounding. They're really – competing there it's a point of emphasis so I, I would guess that that's a contributing factor i don't sense that kentucky's trying any less right. especially, especially oscar right. uh he, he's going for it and uh you know and plus they're winning while these you know it's always better to dominate the boards as oscar has said but uh you know they're still winning right Right. So what about Florida? Have you seen much of Florida? And what about this matchup on Saturday? Do you think Kentucky, uh, will they not have much trouble with Florida? Or could Florida give them a game at Rupp? Well, I think it could be competitive. Uh, One stat that's jumped out at me is that, and I think this is right, that uh, in SEC play, uh, Florida ranks last in rebound margin. So they've been, yes, they've been out-rebounded in the league. So that kind of jumps out at you. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I don't think they're shooting particularly well. Uh, they're 11th in the league in three-point percentage. So, you know, and I think the threes, as Rick Pitino used to say, could be a great equalizer. And so we'll see. I mean, they certainly could use it for the bubble and all of that. Right. And so we'll see. But I don't see any – I know John Calipari on his radio show, again, uh, appealed for fans to come out. Really? And said, you know, it's an afternoon game, so you don't have that late-night component. So we'll see. We'll see if there's a big crowd and uh, an enthusiastic crowd. When I We had uh, Chris Harry on the podcast who covers who we both have known for a long time, and Chris covers Florida for the University of Florida Athletics for their website. He was saying, or we talked about the matchup between Colin Castleton, Florida's big guy, and Shibway, Kentucky's big guy. And, uh, you know, Castleton had been out for a while. He's back now after that shoulder injury. Uh, how do you see that matchup? Well, I was thinking about that today, and, 
I don't remember Castleton having a big game against Kentucky. Maybe he has. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him. I think he's more consistent this year would be my take. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's been up and down in the past and usually down against Kentucky, coincidentally or not. And so I, it'll be an interesting matchup. I think he's a uh, more of a shot blocker, and a, that might affect uh, Oscar scoring. But I could see Oscar having his way rebounding-wise. Yeah, some people have said that they think Oscar has had some trouble scoring against length. Do you think that's yes. true? Have you noticed that? I do. I do think that's true. And the first time it jumped out at me was the Western Kentucky game <laughs> where uh, yeah, they, they had the seven-foot-five guy. Right. Right. I remember asking Oscar, what was that like going against him? And he said it was a nightmare, if I remember right. Really? And, but Oscar rebounded very well in that game. And uh, yeah. so, you know, I, I think, you know, it might be harder. But he's, he's it's you know, he's really made uh, remarkable progress as a low post scorer yeah. from the beginning of the season till now. So, you know, it's an interesting matchup. And, uh, you know, maybe the refs will call the fouls for a change. <laughs> okay, I'm looking back. <laughs> okay, I'm looking back here. Castleton last year against Kentucky. Uh, the game at Rupp, he had 14 points and five rebounds. He also had four assists. Early in the year when they played uh, down in Florida, he had only six points and three rebounds in that game. Uh, was last year his first year with uh, Florida? <sighs> That's sure. I want to say he was there the year before also. No, I no. Mean, I'm looking. He wasn't. He was still at Michigan. Okay. Michigan. So he's only had those two. He's had those two games. One game where he wasn't much of a factor, and the other game where he played played pretty Four. well. But on the other hand, this is a much different Kentucky team than the Kentucky team last year, so it's a completely different matchup for him. The other right. thing about with him, too, and Chris Harry, we talked with him about it, is you know he was out with the shoulder. He seemed to kind of re-aggravate it last night. He had to sit down for a while, but he came back in the game. You don't know what kind of factor that's going to be as well. Yeah, doesn't Florida play go small at times? They do, yes. And, yes. Uh, you know, that's something to think about. I think Kentucky's size, it be interesting to see how that impacts the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Of course, they would have the defensive challenge of guarding smaller, quicker guys. Right. Oh, uh, I don't know. It'll right. be interesting. I would expect an interesting game. Well, first, we got Kentucky and Florida on Saturday, 4 o'clock uh, there at Rupp Arena. Uh, be sure and follow Jerry on Twitter at Jerry Tipton. Uh, read all his coverage uh, online at Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader. And, Jerry, as always, thanks for being on the podcast, and I will see you on Saturday. Yeah, sounds good. Take care, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to my guest, Chris Harry from University of Florida Athletics and Jerry Tipton from Kentucky.com and the Herald Leader. Remember, 4 o'clock start, Rupp Arena, Kentucky and Florida. Check out my sidelines blog for the live updates and the three takeaways. Thanks again to Chris Harry and Jerry Tipton. Thanks again to everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.